Whatever the case, we're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They bring the show to you. Their generosity, their support means this show is possible. And in exchange, they get some cool bonus content, including ad-free episodes, video content, video versions of the show on demand, and an entire bonus program we call Paid DLC. It features Lana Bashinsky and Christian and myself talking about all the crazy nonsense we can muster on a Wednesday. It's your midweek uh, hump day fun show. Uh, the, the folks love it. You can check it out. You can become a part. You can listen in on what is quickly eclipsing this show as the most popular content we put out. <laughs> you can find it at patreon.com slash DLC pod. DLC, the main show, of course, is the show all about games. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, the spell with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who's up early up early uh and we're recording early he's up a little you got a little buggies in your eyes little buggies in your eyes christian spicer how you doing i'm good i mean i i did get up early this is no longer early jeff uh i think mm, yeah i don't know what time your day starts but my days often start at 5 a.m it's called um, fatherhood it's not fun father of the time hood um i think is what they call it. but yes we are recording earlier so you know we wanted to give studios time They've taken a few weeks off of releasing big news right after mm. we record an episode. So we wanted to give them that opportunity. We were recording on a Friday. You're probably listening to this right as it drops into your feed Sunday night, staying up late, it's like Christmas morning. You're like, when is the RSS <laughs> going to drop? And you're like, tell everybody in your house to be quiet. Housemates, roommates, partners, kids like it's live. It's live. And you put those earbuds in and you sit in your favorite chair and then you immediately get distracted, but you leave the pl episode playing, so we get that play count. Um, so thank we you appreciate that. it. We appreciate. It. <laughs> I think all I have to do is download it, but that's okay. Oh, we appreciate okay. Cool, you. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, yes, uh, scheduling issues. I'm I'm actually having a medical procedure done this this weekend. I'm not looking forward to. Uh, so we're having to record a little and I'll bit early. I'll be in Yosemite, also equally as bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> equally as bad. You're gonna have a great time. Uh, the, uh, the, the good news is we got tons to talk about. There's still lots of gaming news that's hit with some big stuff just yesterday. And, uh, we have an awesome guest to do it. You know, that this is the part of the show where I usually say DLC stands for down downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But when this guest is on, we do it a little bit different. Who's that coming on the podcast today? Because it's Anthony Tower Who's gonna talk about the 
Ladies and gentlemen from GameRant.com, it's Anthony Taormina, our friend, back on the show. Uh, special thanks to Sean Madigan and his wife for that awesome bumper. The only guest to have their own bumper. Welcome, Anthony. Hello. It is, it's the morning. It's early for me. I am a dad with the two of you, but it is early for me. But I'm uh, excited to be here. Uh, this this song applies better than ever. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say I don't want to say that Anthony is my favorite guest we've ever had on this show, but I will say his theme song is my favorite of all the guest theme songs we've ever it's pre- had. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good bumper. I mean, among the bumpers, it's pretty good. It's it's real good. It's, it's, real it's good. really, really good. Now, All right, Anthony we got lots to get to. to that, maybe. Yeah, Go we ahead. got we got other bumpers to get to, Christian. Come on, uh, we got more bumpers <laughs> here. So let's get to the show and start the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Got lots of them this week for uh, a couple of stories we're probably going to be talking about. Uh, But you can also uh, hang out in one of our communities on Discord. We have a 5x5 DLC is the the name of the place on Discord to hang out with like-minded folks. Uh, There's also a subreddit, 5x5dlc.reddit.com where you can hang out and talk about the show or talk about video games with really cool people, urge you to take part in our community. But Anthony, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? So I tried to envision how it would separate between the three of us. So there is a story that would be the main story, but I get a lot of criticism for being like the negative guy or too negative. So I'm going to slide that story to you, Jeff. I think you'll take it. And then the other one I know Christian will take 100%. So I'm going to take a story off book and do the dates of E3 that were announced. Oh, Um, the dates of E3. That's happening. The, uh, so negative, Anthony. Always the, uh, negative, just constant. <laughs> the rumors Pessimism. of e- <laughs> the rumors of E 3s demise have been greatly exaggerated because we are back. We got <laughs> dates. Anthony, have you made your hotel reservations yet? I did make my hotel reservations. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I think E three is a is a special time for the three of us. I know yeah. Christian doesn't value it as much as you and I do, Jeff. It's true. No, I value you you two's time. Uh, sure, sure. But I just don't go. <laughs> but yeah, so the they announced dates, and uh, there's a long week of E3 ahead. <laughs> June uh, 13th through 16th, 2023 are the dates. Um, but I think this is interesting. They're kind of taking a, a page out of Gamescom's book. And yeah. doing dedicated business dates, dedicated general public dates. What do you what do you think of that? I I like it. I hope that it, it you know it leads to a similar situation that I think Gamescom has, and that there are easier things to get done for the people that just you know quote unquote want to do business. You know the media people that want to do their appointments and don't want to have to worry about anything else. And then those that just want to have the excitement of attending E3 can attend E3. And those people don't have to worry about getting cut every two seconds by a different, you know, member of a different outlet attending a different appointment. So I hope it works out uh, for all parties involved. 
Um, for me, I worry that, you know, as somebody from the press, I worry that they're just going to extend it and say, well, okay, we have the 13th through the 16th yeah. to book appointments and yeah. I'm going to be the- Plus, they, you know, they say June 11th is when the pre-stuff is going to start. So, you know, your Microsoft conferences or whatever. Yeah. And I also worry that Jeff Keighley is still has his own plan. So we're going to have like, a, you know, a bigger version of the Summer Game Fest play days that we had earlier this year. And uh, I'm already tired. <laughs> I'm already tired. Yeah, it's going to be Ethropocalypse is what it's going to be. So just to be clear, the uh, business, the E3 business days are June 13th through 15th. They are, quote, reserved exclusively for registered industry personnel to network in person, hold professional meetings and connect with licensors and distributors. Uh, And then the E3 gamer days are Thursday, June 15th and Friday, June 16th in a different hall than the industry area which is weird, right? Like industry doesn't want to go hands-on in the kiosks. I guess they got all the presenters have to have different kiosks for the, it's, it's kind of odd. Uh, well, I I've, think to jump in, I think it shows a smaller size potentially, potentially where they're not filling all the halls with, you know, cause I think it was the last in-person E3. It was like, they still had all the halls and some of yeah. the halls were like, and this is a ghost town. <laughs> well, here's my prediction is there will be the the businessy people who are distributors and in licensors and they will have a hall of meeting rooms just like they always do where they are in business suits and they're all uh, sitting down and shaking hands and exchanging business cards and then the folks like us that are industry but are there to see the games you know to get hands on with the games and report on the games will be in that other hall that the gamers are going to be in on Thursday and Friday as well doing it cuz they're not going to i mean there will be some you know, behind closed door stuffy stuff. But I think it's going to be a little less uh, bifurcated than that. Um, My question, my my big question to you, uh, Anthony, is do you think this is just like, we we haven't had an E3 in three years. 2019 was the last E3 in person that has it's happened. been e3 years since it has been <laughs> it will have been e4, e4 years <laughs> yeah e to the n plus one years um and do you think that we're just gonna pick up where we left off it's just gonna feel like regular old it's gonna be like 2019 all over again we're gonna party like it's 1999 what do you think is it was it gonna i don't think so yeah. i think i think like i mentioned that uh keely's event will I think he did really well with it. It was it was a smaller event. It was more intimate, but it kind of had the the feel of E3 in terms of getting hands on and getting to talk to developers. So I assume that he's no matter what E3 uh, or Reed Pop, the new company that's putting on E3 has planned, he's still going on with his stuff. So I have a feeling that whatever he's able to secure is going to pull away from E3 and we're going to just have a different you know, experiences available. And I think what we'll end up having is a similar E3 where some companies are just not involved. Some companies are doing their own thing. Some people are with Keeley's, you know, PlayStation probably not there doing just like a online showcase or something like that. So I do expect it to be even worse than 2019 (laughs) in terms of a turnout. But uh, I still think that there will be, there'll be enough stuff going on because Knowing that there's an event, I think a lot of the companies that 
had stuff planned this year that did online virtual events will now just kind of focus back in on E3 and say, let's let's see if this can help us because maybe, um, you know, these virtual events didn't work out for them or whatever their plan was to try and, you know, combat the pandemic didn't didn't turn out the way that they planned. And they want to see, well, does E3 work the way it used to? Yeah. 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 Christian, uh, Anthony referenced the fact that E3, as we have reported previously, will now be run by Reed Pop, which is the event production company that handled uh, PAX and EGX and the New York Comic Con and Star Wars Celebration. Um, do you anticipate this feeling a lot different because of that influence? That's a great question. Uh, a lot different, I don't know. Different, yes. I mean, I think Reed Pop has proven time and time again that they can put on a really great fan-focused uh, convention. You know, Star Wars celebrations have continuously gotten better and better and better from, like, a spectacle standpoint. I don't mean from, like, feet on the ground. They're sometimes still very sweaty and you don't get the merch you want and blah, 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 right? But, I like, mean... from in their defense, it's hard to control sweaty. You know what I mean? It, 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 yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> but like as events go, I think they've done a really good job of, you know, when they brought back in-person events, but also still having them be live streamed. Um, a friend of the show, other Anthony uh, Carboni, <laughs> like that hosting, um, which is most of the Star Wars stuff that I watched was his stuff. But it was a really fascinating stage presentation, right? Where it's like yeah. on stage, the fans are there, they're part of it, but it's also kind of this catwalk or floating stage. So the cameras are getting good angles of Hayden Christensen and of, of the stars, but it also didn't feel as some of these hybrid um, live stream, but fans in the room where it's like, fans are here, but I'm making sweet love to that camera. You fans are here to clap when I tell you to clap and to be pretty B-roll, yeah, but not right. part of the event. And I think Reed Pop's done a really good job of, of mixing those worlds. So I'm excited what they can do with, with E3. And like you mentioned, it's not their first gaming convention. Um, I think for me, it will be interesting to see how they do balance that industry and fan side of things. But I think when we announced, or when we talked about that Reed Pop had stepped in, they've done a, I haven't gone in years, but they've done a good job of that at New York Comic Con. Again, I'm sure there are hiccups, but like a lot of industry stuff happens. It is a big con. And a lot of industry stuff happens there and the big fan show floor stuff happens. And so I'm excited to see what they can pull off. I think it will feel different if, dare I say, better organized. <laughs> I hope that's the case. I want that to be the case. I mean, I'm, I'm a big I'm happy to see that these business days and gamer days are separated. I've been calling for that. And a lot of us have for for years. I just think that's cleaner and easier on. Hey, it's Jeff again. Yeah. Hey. No, I know this is my 10th voicemail, but uh, just uh, business days and gamer days, okay? <laughs> my phone number again is 555-5555. This is again, Jeff Kanata. It's two N's it, and one T. It bothers me that you reveal my phone number on the on the air. It's not cool. I'm not, not E3, cool. Jeff. I got you. Come on. <laughs> uh, if, only they, <laughs> if only they had done it, I don't know five six well not counting the pandemic but like yeah. if only they had done it like four e3s ago so we weren't standing in that mass of the convention center trying to get inside yeah yeah i mean it's it, but you know better late than never i guess but i think for me the biggest question with regard to how e3 is going to be in 2023 uh is that all of these companies have gotten used to doing their own nintendo direct type thing 
Like all of these companies have adopted that model. We've just seen so much of that. Are they just going to go, oh, you know, yeah, we'll go and pay the however much money to have a floor presence and do our thing on this week again, just because E3 said so. I mean, Microsoft's not there. Sony's not there. EA is not there. There's a lot of big publishers not there, but are they, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Is it still going to be the event? Uh, Keely competing, as you guys have pointed out. Is, is E3 still going to be the event? Or is it just going to be a sort of time period during which all of these folks do their own thing? That's the question. But well, it remains to be seen. Gotta get, I got to get my hotel room if I'm going to go to this thing, man. I, I actually have to travel the, I mean, for the first you, time you, you know, since do, moving away I from say, L.A. Have a place to stay in L.A. Oh, thank, thank you, Christian. Thank yeah. you. That was my first E3 me and Christian uh, yeah. staying at a at a family it hit one of his family members' places. It's and Christian a, getting up before E three to go take a run, and I'm like, "What is this guy doing?" Well, that's that's what's going to be so awkward, Anthony. Is that I'll stay at, at at Christian's house, and then I'll wake up and be like, "Well, bye, Christian. I'm going to E three. You, you're just gonna you're staying here. You're, yeah. Okay. And I'll have my like, cereal. One day. <laughs> Feet up I have on one the, day booked <laughs> on the couch, uh, watching the press conferences. I'm like, you better leave. It's 4:30 in the morning. You got traffic, buddy. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Call me if you see anything cool. Bye. Yeah. Let me know if Blink's playing again. I'll be right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Christian Spicer. What is your story of the week? Uh it's a story I say, dare I say, none of us could have ever predicted. You know, yeah. like we have the Jeff is right jingle all the time. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember I remember when it was launched, uh, of course, talking about Google Stadia. And we all said, this is going to last forever. Like this <laughs> will outlive me. It'll outlive my children. It will yeah. be if the longest one running. Solid bet you can make, we said. <laughs> It's $140 on the Founders Edition of Google Stadia. Uh, I did. I should have brought it with me into this recording. I did post a picture on Discord of my Founders Edition. I built that city, baby. Are we, are we able to get our money back? I believe we yeah. are. Yeah, we are. So to jump to the story, if you're waiting for us for the news, um, man, it bums me out. Uh, but Google Stadia is shutting down uh, in January, like soon. You know, like this is, it is shut. And not just like, Hey, we're going to stop purchases. Uh, hey, there's not going to be any new games, but you can keep playing the games you have. Hey, no, no new. It's hey, we're shutting down. The store's already off. Any games you bought, uh, suck my butt. You know, the <laughs> like, store is gone. The store is gone already today. They're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. gone, yeah. gone. Games will be completely gone. Yeah. Whatever it is, January something, twenty twenty three. And and what's wild to me about all of this too is that I think it was a day before this announcement, the UI was updated on desktop. It's, like, that is that is very strange, right? That and like is press one hand emails went it. out about it. It wasn't yeah. like it just. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. But yes, as you mentioned, they are offering refunds to anyone who bought hardware through the Google Play Store or the Google Store which I, I think it was a comment on our Discord again. I'm sorry for not attributing it, but I did find funny. Uh, it tells you how many people bought that. There was something for original purchasers that said something like, we will refund you if this is... Sh-. There was some clause in there, but also like, yeah, Google has all the money, but if there were like 
hundreds of millions of these things out there. They'd find a way out of it. And Google's like, how much is that going to be? And the bean counter was like a thousand dollars. That's only a hundred <laughs> of these systems. <laughs> yes. Yes, ma'am. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that would be uh, $10 a system. Know. That's not good. Yeah, I, I know, Jeff, I'm not uh, here for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So this is Mia culpa, you know, Christian and I both, uh, I think, uh, in the face of a torrent of feedback from our very listeners, our own listener base, our own audience, n- probably every guest we had when this was launching, uh, Anthony pointing Anthony's at himself pointing, right yeah. now. Yeah, Anthony, everybody whose cynicism was proven correct. That's why I didn't want to start with this story and just be like, <laughs> I was right. Your service is going in the garbage. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm still, I still love the cloud, man. I'm still, I'm still bull on the cloud. Well, that's the weirdest part about all this because the cloud is still a thing and it's going to be a thing. And Google has the money to weather storms. It, it, it is one of the very few companies on the planet that has the capital to say, Hey, we can launch a new platform. It's just, and this is what everybody kept saying to us is Google so frequently doesn't have the courage of their convictions, right? Doesn't Unless see it's things search money. They will cut it. Yeah. yeah. It, they'll, they'll, they'll launch something with fanfare and w- it will seem like they're all in. And then 15 <laughs> minutes later, they're like, Oh, what? No, God. Ew, that's, yuck, 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 yuck. Gross. That doesn't work anymore. I'm throwing up. Why would you mention that? Look what you're doing. It's so disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is a bummer, right? Because uh, there were going to be all these exclusives. The service never delivered on its fundamental promises. I mean, in, on one hand, it was kind of remarkable that it worked and it was, it was, it was a cool thing that, that did have games and you could do it, but and a good controller, like a well-built yes. good controller. Yeah. Um, so many of the things that they touted at launch never came to fruition. That's a bummer. And one would assume that there are solid reasons for that technological reasons for that, that they like, they just couldn't get it to work. Um, and I, you know, they, I wasn't for want of trying, it seems. And that is, uh, that seems bleak a bit with regard to your, uh, your streaming future, Christian. Um, Anthony, uh, you were right. Mia culpa on, uh, Christian and I were wrong. New theme Anthony song. Anthony was right. New and it, theme song. yeah, it, Anthony was right, and Jeff and Christian, honestly. Who's that guy nailing all the (laughs) predictions? It's Anthony Tawamina. He lets pessimism in to rule the day. (laughs) It's Anthony Tawamina, who makes Christian seem optimistic. It's Anthony (laughs) Tawamina. Do you think, I mean, obviously you were right about this, and you saw it coming, but this is not a good thing, right? I mean, what is your take on the the ultimate failure of Stadia, the, the, the shutting down of Stadia? Well, yeah, I obviously I don't want to like, you know, gloat about people who, you know, really like the service and are disappointed to see it shut down. I, um, you know, there are a lot of people that really love Stadia. They are very vocal on Twitter, and I heard about it all the time. Um, but I do think that, you know, there is still that aspect of xCloud and GeForce Now. And I think there will still be like the cloud streaming service or future that 
that most of you uh, expect to to be there. And I don't think that that's going to go away. But I I think the interesting thing is just Google knew we were all saying like, hey, Google, you do this. And Google said, Google basically Us? saying, what? We, don't, we don't do this. Google Glass, what are you talking about? We've never done this. I think it's a similar situation to, I think, what we're seeing a little bit, kind of like the early rumblings of with Amazon on Twit and Twitch. You know, people saying like, Amazon, don't do this. You do this a lot. Don't do, don't do this. Don't, don't shut down Twitch. Don't like, you know, make all these poor decisions that ring every dollar out and then just sell it away. And so I think, Google had an opportunity to prove the doubters wrong and they basically it didn't take them long before they started just pulling away the little Jenga pieces until it all fell apart, starting with like dismantling their internal first party studio. And then now I think this starting is it. with hiring Phil Harrison, I think, apparently. Oh, sure. <laughs> the, but he's the, the, yeah, now it's done. he's the grim reaper of game <laughs> endeavors. Yeah. Um, Man. The another way to say it which I don't know if this is fair or not. You guys can tell me if it is, but it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because you establish this track record of getting out of these endeavors quickly. So like we saw, like we saw from the feedback on our, to us on our show is don't trust these guys, dudes. <laughs> don't pay your $140. Your, your, this is going to happen. And then it did. And it's like, well, Part of the reason it happened is because everyone expected it to happen. And so fewer people bought in because they didn't want to get stung like we got stung. And so I, it, it becomes this self-fulfilling thing, right? I think that's part of it. And I think a big part of it, though, also, Jeff, is that they failed to deliver on their the promise of their premise. Like no one yeah. made them stand on stage and say all the things that they said that it could do. Yeah. Like that was their pitch. And it took years for any of those features to come out and some never will and then their messaging after that was so muddied i mean i think for the entire lifespan of stadia you and i were on this show pitching better versions of what it is <laughs> well that's i mean i think honestly that's the, big, the biggest mistake the biggest mistake they made is saying you need to buy individual games for this platform because that does require a level of trust if you go hey mm. I'm going to buy this game on this platform where I can't play it any other place. Then all of a sudden you're like, well, now I have to believe that this platform is going to be around. And, you know, the caveat being, I think they made good on that in the sense that they're giving people all their money back that they ever spent on this platform, right? If you bought games on it, you'll get that money back. That is a make good that I think is admirable for that. They didn't have everything to do but, that. Everything but pro subscriptions just right. for that asterisk yeah but what they could have done and what we kept pitching over and over and over again is is really be like a netflix and say hey just pay the subscription price and you get a bunch of games you don't have to buy them all a cart you don't have to buy them specifically for the platform you're getting this raft of of games just part of the subscription service i think that would have proven to be more successful because it would have allowed people to be like hey this month I'm paying this price and I get all these games, but I don't have to believe in the service necessarily because I already have all the hardware needed to play them. You know, like that's, that right. could have been the messaging is like, Hey, give us 20 bucks a month. And all of a sudden you can play a hundred games on anything you already own. That feels like a home run. 
Stadia, you already have it. Like that's all it needs exactly. to be, you know, which exactly. is what xCloud does. And Anthony, I'm curious your thoughts on kind of how Microsoft's positioned that. Like in my head, they always position it as like, you have it if you have Game Pass Ultimate or whatever it is. But it's like, it's there. And then I feel like they're very front facing of telling you like, this might not be the best way to play, but play now. You know, if you want, you can either download it and have that experience or, you know, you want to play Flight Sim, just play it, just play it. And it's kind of pitched as this, instantaneous option but not the only option and and i'm i think that has maybe longer a longer life ahead of it but what is what is uh uh the great predicticator anthony taramina say i mean i yeah i've i've said on this podcast i think a couple times that i'm just not a believer necessarily in the technology just because of how inconsistent internet is around the world i think i'm sorry i lost you my internet cut out what yep, you, uh-huh. <laughs> you know i i have uh people on my staff one in particular that i like to use as the site he li- or as like the kind of a you know test case um he lives in alabama and he gets terrible terrible internet the story that we always like to tell is that it took him a week to download modern warfare because um, wow. his internet is so slow. It, it, became, got it. <laughs> it became ancient warfare before he got it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, like, and, and people that live with data caps, I, you know, had, had to upgrade in, in this new, like, next gen uh, future. I had to upgrade, but I had been dealing with data caps. And, uh, and a lot of that, a lot of those promises were like, well, my internet needs to be consistent. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, when the latency is noticeable, I don't like it. You know, we, we deal with low latency technology nowadays. And so you, I notice even just switching from a monitor to a TV playing games, let alone uh, playing something on the cloud. But at the same time, like having that option to do, you know, a little bit of grinding and destiny for funsies because I'm bored was nice. It was also super useful stadia because I could be on my laptop and I could go. I mostly used it for destiny. I would go in and get screenshots. I didn't (laughs) have to get up and go like hit the screenshot button, send it to my, you know, (laughs) but now it's, you know, it's going to go away. So it's going to, that's a bummer. At least no, no for more my screenshots space. in Anthony's articles, everybody. Yeah. That's, that's, sorry. <laughs> my very specific use case is going away, but yeah, I just, I, I'm not a believer in the technology for those reasons, but I know that it as an add on can be very useful. And even I have taken advantage of it. I think it's interesting that not that long ago, uh, Logitech announced like a, you know, steam deck sort of pseudo competitor that's built on the cloud. And then, stadia basically comes out and is like hey so we're gonna cut this out and now logitech's gonna be like this the cloud is cool right don't talk, <laughs> don't the other ones the other clouds yeah it does feel a bit like vine to tiktok to me like uh, yeah you know, we're cutting vine and it's like tiktok becomes the biggest thing in the world you know it's like oh we were doing that before but you know um it was amazing to play assassin's creed on my on my chromebook that brief little moment in time. Anyway, I don't think the cloud is going anywhere, but Google is. And I, I do think it's a, it's a sad thing when a company that has that kind of resources can't launch a new platform successfully. It, it does not bode well for any new platforms, frankly. Um, so we'll have to let our established platform uh, holders do that work, which they seem to be doing. At least Microsoft is. All right. Uh, my 
story of the week. I guess we're going to have to flip flop what uh, Anthony predicted. Yeah, Christian, I I put I laid out a roadmap, and Christian went. Uh, yeah. No, he I'm went good. rogue. He went rogue. I mean, I've had the Stadia tattoo on my back for three years now, so I feel like yeah. the fact that you couldn't predict that I was <laughs> going to pick the Stadia story, Anthony, uh, undercuts your prediction that Stadia would fail. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to talk about the story that uh, we all assumed Christian would talk about, which is uh, Last of Us, the TV show, the HBO series. We talking TV shows? Yeah, TV shows. Uh, got it. It got its first uh, first real trailer uh, celebrating Last of Us Day, which is Outbreak the uh, Day. the date okay. in game that that the uh, the cordyceps. I'd never heard that term before. I played all the Last of Us games. I never heard cordyceps. Cordyceps infection? Really? Why all of them? Jeff means both of them. Well, there's that that interim add-on-y one, right? No? You mean the DLC for the first one? Yeah, yeah, that one. Okay. All of them. All of them. He's all four of the remasters. Jeff played (laughs) the the Nokia mobile game version. I played all of the remasters. (laughs) (laughs) You know four those four Last of Us games? I played all four Last of of Us. The Last of Us remastered, Last of Us Super Duper remastered, and then uh, Last of Us Turbo Edition. Someone's like, I played all three Last of Us's. You ever played the second one? No. What do you mean? I just played the three first ones. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, I don't usually watch uh, trailers for TV shows and movies, but I made an exception this time. Why? Uh, Because I I know what happens in Last of Us. And uh, I was very curious to see uh, how it was going to look. Um, and they show actually more than I thought they were going to show. There's, if you have played uh, the first game, there are a lot of moments in the trailer that you'll recognize. And they show the clickers and they show the sound of the clickers and uh, they show lots of Joel and Ellie. And, uh, you know, there's left, uh, behind, left behind footage um, yeah, as well. True. Like the yeah. story goes there. Well, let me ask you, Christian Spicer, who is the voice of the official Last of Us podcast uh, and therefore's opinion must be taken with a grain of salt. But I'm curious of your opinion. What did you think? Are you excited to see this story retold this way? Because it does look like we're going to get that same story, right? Uh, There are new locations and there are new characters. But yeah, yeah, I'm not expecting the the ending to be like, and then Ellie and Joel grew wings and flew, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, it's not going to... I mean, clearly from the trailer, you see the moment from the beginning, they're in the car and the fire explosion. I mean, it looks like it's shot like the video game is shot, you know, framed in the same way. Uh, Do you think that's a good thing that we're going to get some of those like shot for shot moments? I'm super excited for this to come out. Uh, I mean, I love video games. I've talked about it on this show. I think the, you know, the narrative possibility in gaming is uh, unmatched in other mediums because of that interactive nature of games. I, mm-hmm. I love that so much. But I, I really like seeing quality adaptations of my hobby and of my passion and bringing those stories that were so impactful to me to millions of additional people. And I think that is super exciting. Like, will the you know video game pundits nitpick changes or do screenshot comparisons of this that and the other i mean probably but the pedigree of the folks making this show is of such a level that i have no doubt in my mind that it's going to be an incredible television show in its own merit and it's going to expand that story this world this universe that means so much to me and has meant so much to me since you know the 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 first version of the first game <laughs> yeah first came out 
that I'm all for it. And I think it's fun. I mean, I know it's different than a book uh, and then seeing it on screen because I've already seen it on screen, but I think maybe right. more akin to a graphic novel and you see those scenes where it's like, oh, they're doing, that's that's the Claremont page. So cool to see that, yeah. you know, on screen. Um, so I'm super excited to see it. I'm excited to see where they throw in those cuddle, those cuddle, subtle curveballs, those cuddle <laughs> serve balls um, <laughs> a- along the way. And I, again, I think the cast is incredible. The talent behind the camera is incredible. I mean, sign me up. I'm, I'm all in. Again, I mean, sprinkle all the salt you want on me, but I'm all the- in. The tone of the show is what's going to require us to cuddle, Christian. That's it's going to be it's going to be a real downer. I'm going to need hugs. You know what I'm saying? HBO Max, uh, where bad things happen to bad people. <laughs> you'll need <laughs> you'll need hugs. HBO Max. Uh, Anthony, well, same question to you. I mean, what's your take on the uh, on the imagery that we saw in the trailer? Uh, it, it certainly evokes the game almost directly in certain certain scenes uh do you think that's a good thing or do you think it'll feel redundant no excuse me i don't know what that was uh you know i think in a lot of cases with video games that when they make the jump to live action or you know whatever you want to say they go to movie or they go to tv i think in most cases we can see where the obvious stuff is. And I think for last of us, it's like put that opening on TV or put that opening in a movie and you will get a lot of people hooked in. And so I think, I think the, the challenge for the show is the performances and we don't really get a good sense of that. And uh, and that's to be expected for a show that's not coming out until next year. But yeah, I think from a visual standpoint, they really nail a lot of the important details and they hit, the important stuff, I think, for fans to see, you know, they saw what a clicker looks like. It looks like a clicker. They yeah. heard what the clicker sounds like. Hurts, you know, sounds like a clicker. Um, they gave those hints of, okay, we are going to do uh, Left Behind. We are going to explore the early parts of uh, Ellie's story pre-Joel. And then we're also going to do a kind of more bombastic version of that opening. I, I think that's from the opening. There's like a plane. Mm. um i don't maybe a plane doesn't crash i don't recall a plane i just played the new version uh, yeah me as well and i was like is it but it just it seems you know more more exciting yeah to just think well there are going to be these scenes that i'm really interested to see how they adapt it if they just kind of adapt it whole cloth i think it'll be just fine and i think for a lot of people, it will be the equivalent of Game of Thrones, where they're like, I love this scene, and I can't wait for other people to see this scene. Like, I can't yeah. wait. We can't wait to see, you know, probably to sit down with our significant others and go, oh, you know, this scene. We're going to yeah. see this scene. Here we go. It was the giraffe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the, so, the plane, Anthony, is the plane from the Uncharted movie. It's the Naughty Dog okay. verse. And it's okay, just that. Tom Holland, it just crashes. It connects <laughs> them. So <they're... laughs> But that, I mean, that's a good example is like Uncharted visually. It was like, that's a that's a home run. That's easy to do. It's getting the tone right. And that was maybe what, you know, divided people on the movie is that that was the tough part is getting that part. But yeah. I think. You know, you can throw Nathan Drake out of a plane in a video game or in a movie, and people are going to be like, "I want to see that movie." Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's coming soon. What's the? Do you know? Guys, know the date? I don't have it in front of me, but it's coming soon, right? Last of Us. Twenty twenty three is all they've oh, said. Yeah, all that's, that's all said. they've said. 
All right. Well, then maybe not that soon. But uh, we'll be watching. We'll be watching. All right. Let me thank our sponsor. We are sponsored this week by Squarespace. Squarespace. And they are a sponsor of this show since its inception. I am happy to tell you about Squarespace because I have used it. Uh, I have used it for many years now, happily so. Um, And now Squarespace has even better functionality. It's always been a great place to make a website. It's always been a place uh, I've used. Uh, JeffCanada.com was made on Squarespace. Um, My friends and family, anytime anybody's like, hey, I need a website for a thing, like Squarespace is the way to do it. But now Squarespace is also the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Because they have obviously ways to make a beautiful website, but you can also engage with your audience using the tools on Squarespace and you can sell anything, your products, any content you create, even your time. They have these member areas that let you uh, monetize your content and your expertise in a way that fits your brand. And you can uh, even unlock new revenue streams for your business, free up your time in your schedule by selling access to gated content like videos and online courses or newsletters. And you can build all that content right there in the suite of tools that Squarespace provides. They have a a Squarespace video studio app that helps you make and share videos that tell your story, grow your audience, drive sales. They have uh, the online stores. It's so simple to turn a website into an online store with Squarespace. They let you sell physical goods, digital products, anything you need to sell, you can start selling online so easy with Squarespace's tools. They've also, you know, it's just, it's just slick. It's just simple. It makes it no stress. It's optimized for mobile all by itself. There's never any upgrading or patching that you need to do. It's all handled all, all automatically without you having to worry about it. They have blogging and commenting features. They've got analytics so you can track the progress of your website. Everything that you could possibly need to sell things, to grow a business, to publish online, anything you need to build a website, Squarespace is the place. So check it out, squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. We'll get you a free trial. That is free, free. No automatic charging of your credit card. They don't even take your credit card to start. You can start using the tools. You can build the website. You can make it an online store. You can check it out, make it look beautiful. It's so simple to make it look beautiful. And then when you're ready to launch your site, use our promo code, which is Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E. That is all one word. And you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. You can also buy domains. Such a slick front end for buying domains on Squarespace. The only place I buy domains is uh, squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. And again, that promo code Jeff sent me for 10% off. All right. Let us now talk about the games that we have been playing in a segment we call The Playlist. Lot of awesome games to talk about this week. Anthony, you've been playing a bunch. Where would you like to start? Well, um, I, I mean, I want to give a lot of love to Immortality. 
Uh, I know that uh, I don't think you have so played does, it so yet. Does Jeff, if you listen to Wednesday's show, Jeff wants to give a lot of love to immortality. <laughs> Actual immortality. Yeah. Actual. Yeah. I don't want to die. Okay. I don't want to die. Got it. Fair. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to. Fair I'm enough. going to get a medical procedure done. I don't want to die. Um, <laughs> the. Uh, the the, the, I have I have dabbled it with immortality, okay. but I have not been completely drawn in. And I think part really? of that is because of how it sort of drops you in the deep end and does I, I don't understand what I'm a, what I'm trying to do. So the 20 minutes that I spent with immortality felt okay. like I was floundering. You okay. tell me why this game is amazing. OK, um, well, I think on one level, I really like it because i went to film school i got a film degree so just seeing you know uh a slate and seeing some of that like behind the scenes elements is is really fun but i think there are um several levels to the game that i think are really really cool um as paul explained when when he showed up on the podcast uh you know you're you're going through clips so you're presented clips from three movies or the production of three movies. So you could be getting some behind the scenes stuff. You could be getting interviews. You could be getting auditions or chemistry tests, but a lot of it is kind of the slate shot slate. So you're seeing the performance and the idea or the overarching idea is there was this actress, her name was Marissa and something happened to her. You don't know what. And so you're trying to uncover it by watching these clips. But I think, even beyond that, what what's really interesting to me is you're kind of putting together these clips from these three separate movies, one made in the late 60s, one made in the early 70s, and then one made uh, in the late 90s um, to figure out just the plot of the movie. And I think <laughs> that's that's really fun. Um, that becomes its own thing. I've, I've been playing it with my wife, which I think makes it a little more fun because when weird stuff happens, you can kind of like... Uh, bounce ideas off each other but i think that in and of itself even if you're not like getting information towards what happened to marissa um or or working chronologically or anything just the idea of going okay well now we know that this person did this and i'm trying to speak vaguely but you know um I'll give a hypothetical that doesn't exist, but you know, you see a scene and somebody's pregnant and you're like, well, who's the father? Right. And you're not just going to immediately get the clip of who's the father. You're going to have to dig. And so the, the main mechanic is you freeze the frame and there are a bunch of different elements on the screen within that frame that you can click on like somebody's uh, face. So you can say, Oh, well, I want to see a different shot featuring this character but for example, if Marissa's on screen and you click on her, you might jump to a different movie. You might not necessarily jump to the same movie um, or, you know, maybe somebody's holding a pencil and you'll see another shot with a pencil. And so you're starting to just gather these clips and watch them and you're putting together these three movies in your head of, OK, the plots. But then subtly, you know, pre slate, for example, uh, Marissa will give a, you know, a sly look to somebody and you're like, what, wait, what was that? Who was she looking at? I need to know more. Um, so then there's a, something there, but then there's a mechanic and a detail in this game that I think most people don't want to talk about. And I won't talk about to kind of spoil anything, but it will blow your mind. Something, something with this game will just kind of change your whole perspective on it. And it will basically like, transform the whole thing from immortality was really cool that was a cool exercise similar to sam barlow's other games to wow this is 
this is like a one of a kind experience and uh, I'm very, very impressed with it. And I really, really enjoyed the game. I think so much of what I found fun was just putting together those movie clips and finding out the plots of the movies. But then those other layers of picking up the details for what happened to Marissa and then this kind of uh, overarching narrative, but even just individual relationships with the characters, they're all, I think the performances are really good. The characters that um, Sam Barlow creates within um, each of the movies, the first movie you see is like this kind of weird erotic thriller religious movie. And the Robert Jones, this fake actor, his name's Robert Jones he has like his, this really fascinating performance and you watch his performance develop. Like you see him in the chemistry tests and stuff, just being a guy. And then you see him actually acting and using an accent. So it's, it's really very interesting to just kind of see from beginning to end how a movie like comes to be. And I think for, um, for, for us that kind of know a little bit more of the industry or have been involved or know people that work in the industry, you can kind of see those details and you're like, this is so cool. It makes it even uh, deeper than you would expect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm, I only played it for maybe a half an hour. Um, and I already, you know, I, I, I found a, a thing that seemed to be a hidden thing. Okay. Uh, I won't explain how I found it, but it, it, it was cool. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is this the thing. But then it felt like, well, I just wish that I, I wish the game presented a uh, question at the beginning that I was trying to answer. You know what I mean? I understand that the question is like, what happened? But the game is just like, hey, here you go. Here's here's some clips. Go. go. And yeah. I just felt like, well. Well, I, th- I think it wants to give you a different. I think it wants everybody to have a different starting point. You know? Yeah. It doesn't want you and I to click on this clip and right. then click on this clip. So I think it is going to be one of those fascinating things that when, you know, you complete it and finish it, you and I will get together and I'll say, well, when did you find out this? Right. When right. did you find out this? How did you find out this? Did you already know this already? Yeah. Um, and And I really, really like that. I think it makes for a very interesting kind of uh, conversation piece, but also it makes for uh, something where it, the clips themselves, like the other two Sam Barlow games, uh, her story and telling lies, they were very much, okay, well, I watched this clip. I got it. Right. You know, I took, but this it's like, well, I want to go back and I want to rewatch this clip because now what's really okay. Another thing that I think is really cool is that you can, you know, watch the clips, you can arrange them chronologically or by shot order. So mm-hmm. you can either be looking at, okay, well, what's the plot of the movie? How is the movie set up? What scene came before that? Or where are we at in time? Like what was Marissa's relationship with this person mm-hmm. here? And then this next shot, which could be, you know, shot 10 and then shot 40, like how, how has yeah. their relationship involved? And so I think it's really, really interesting, the different layers that are available to to people if you pay attention to that stuff and you kind of invest fully in it. I think a lot of people will probably try it on game pass and go, I don't get this, but yeah, you know, that is what it is. Uh, Christian, are you curious about this game at all? It feels like it might be right up your alley in, in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, you resonates, uh, you're, you know, a writer, you're in, in, into the, you know, you're in Los Angeles in the film community. It's, you know, it, it seems like something you might dig. 
Yeah, it's been on my uh, couch co-op game list for a very long time, and the rest of my family, uh, my wife has been very busy, um, so there hasn't been that time. But it's I want to carve out that weekend to sit down and and spend time with it. But I just haven't made the time. Don't yet. watch it with the kids. Don't play with the kids. Yeah, don't <laughs> play with the kids. Yeah, right away. Kids, right yes. away. It is not not for the kids. Uh, but yeah, it's immortality, and it is available on Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, uh, no no reason not to check it out. Uh, what else is on your playlist, Anthony? Uh, okay, so my next game is Steel Rising. Um, it's uh, I'm a big Souls like guy. You know, I love me the the Dark Souls and the From Software games. But any game that kind of tries to evoke a similar feeling of uh, dodging or parrying or attacking one enemy at a time and kind of making that challenging learn their attack patterns. I, I really like those games, and Steel Rising is my opinion a really good one of those it's from uh i think they're called spiders um they made greedfall and uh so the kind of the setup for this is you're in an alternate version of uh french revolution france uh marie antoinette has sent out uh you you play a character called aegis and you're a robot you're an automat Mm. and so you're just kind of going through different locales in in revolutionary french french france, france. <laughs> you know it's french ranch um you know battling these robots um into the, in, you know, into- the cows uh, <laughs> we all go to the french i put french on my freedom fries uh, in typical you know german you got a little uh it's a, it's a french accent oh french okay accent. excuse me but yeah, all right, I, Anthony. I really, next game. What do you? What yeah. do you do? <laughs> I re, I really like this game. I don't, you know, I know a lot of people. You know, if they're like me and they've been they follow the Souls likes, they probably have already played this game. But if you haven't and you do like the Souls like, I do think the the dodge and the the parry and the boss fight and the combination of mechanics is really fun, and I like it a a lot more than I was expecting to. I wasn't necessarily super engrossed by Greedfall, but. Steel Rising is really fun. It plays around with that kind of robot uh, idea a little better. You know, the as you're attacking enemies, you're kind of building up like the steam in them. And so they're getting weakened. I, I really, really like it. I, I highly recommend it. Cool. That is Steam Rising. Steel. Steel. Steel Rising. Sorry. Steel Rising. Yeah. Steel Rising. Right. Because steam doesn't rise. Steel rises. <laughs> Silly me. Um, steel rising uh what else is on your playlist so i i checked out moon scars uh which is another souls like sort of it's a 2d yeah um, side scrolling so pretty on yeah that. it looks so good yeah it's it's very similar to like um kind of dead cells how De- dead cells yeah. art worked like the pixels are trying to like mimic uh, a painting, you know, one of those paintings where if you're up close, it's almost like featureless. But as you move further and further back, it sort of forms like a general uh, kind of cool uh, picture. So I think this game has a very unique art style. It's very muted tones, lots of blacks and grays and, um, you know, uh, your dark browns and then just <laughs> splashes of red. Yeah. You know, it's it's that it's that color palette. Um, it's not 
not necessarily like the prettiest game to look at in terms of its color choices, but I think it still has a really, really evocative art style and the combat is super satisfying like Steel Rising. It has a good dodge and a good parry system. You know, enemy attacks are uh, telegraphed with kind of a red flash so you know how to parry and the parry is super satisfying. You know, you kind of push the enemy attack away and then you get this kind of repost attack that is really, really satisfying. Um, it looks I'm like not, the weapon, it, the, they make it seem like the weapon is very heavy for the main character to wield. Um, so that's that's like a special attack. Oh, so you okay. get to pick different special attacks. So you're using a, a sword, which is a little faster, but then you can pick um, specific uh, special attacks. So the kind of okay. the the loop is you have this meter called Iker, and that is filled up every time you do damage to an enemy and that meter can either be used to do uh, like magic attacks or that special attack, which pulls out a different weapon, like a, a harpoon or a lance or like the spinning wheel. Um, or you can do magic attacks, like send out a, you know, kind of a projectile or uh, AOE attack or something like that. But that's also that energy is used to heal you. So it's kind of that risk reward of, okay, I'm going to use this magic attack to hopefully take out some enemies, but then if they hurt me, I'm not going to have any of this energy to heal myself. Um, So I found that really interesting. It still plays on the same kind of souls like template of you get to these different spots, their mirrors, uh, your bonfires, so to speak, and you can level up, you can spend your, um, the kind of currency that you earn from killing enemies. You can spend it on different, different items it's called bone powder is the currency sweet um the the lore is i'm still not too sure it's a little it's a little obtuse at least for me but the idea is like the moon is the moon is hungry um and so the way that they kind of play around with that is the first time you die and any time that you um kind of Uh, reset it the moon can not be hungry but the first time you die the moon is hungry and that makes all the enemies more challenging but also you get more of that bone powder so there's that like risk reward element there as well of okay i can spend this currency that's very rare these glands to basically reset the moon or i can leave the moon angry kind of glowing red and the enemies will be more difficult but i'll be able to level up um so maybe if you're about to fight a boss, which the bosses um, that I face thus far are really cool, uh, you know, they have good patterns. They're not they don't feel cheap. I think that's one of the like major. This is the line that I draw between a good souls like and a bad souls like or are your bosses? Do they feel fair? Are they fun? Are they satisfying? Do you do you feel like you can do them with the tools presented to you depending on how you play? Um, you know, if you're the type of person that parries, can you do that? If you're the type of person that only dodges, can you do that? And I think Moonscars does allow you to do that. Um, and I, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It is on Game Pass, both um, Xbox and PC. And it, it's it's super fun. It's, um, you know, it's not it's not a roguelike or anything like that. So people that maybe are like, oh, you know, Dead Cells, I hear Dead Cells art. But it it is more more straightforward. You're kind of going path to path little little bit of metroidvania but not really thus far i've heard it's very hard how do you how would you stack rank it compared to other you know of that of its type i guess um 
see, for me at least, it, it is challenging. I'm not going to say it's it's not challenging, but like I said, I feel as though it's it's more fair. You know, um, for example, one of the things that is a real kind of turnoff for me with these types of games, the side scrollers is when you're like, well, I want to use the big heavy weapon and I've specced into the big heavy weapon. And the first boss you fight is just like moving around a ton. And you're like, well, you didn't account for me to use the big heavy weapon, did you? And so by just giving you uh, at least as far as I've played the same weapon, it, it makes it feel like, okay, well I have the same tools that anybody else would. I might have the different magic, but that magic is just kind of like its own thing. And in, in a lot of cases in the boss fights, you don't even want to use the magic. You just want that energy to heal. But I, I felt like it felt more fair, I guess, you know, doable. Um, at least so far, I don't know if it ramps up significantly, but I, um, I think it's challenging, but if you have enjoyed those games or games of this ilk that I think I've talked about a ton of them on this podcast, um, I think you will enjoy this one more than those ones where you go into them and say, ah, there's just, there's, it's there, but it's missing that element. Mm -hmm. I think this has all of it and you know, it, it could be better in some ways, but I think the, the, bones and the structure of it is good enough for me to want to keep playing again that's moon scars moon scars and it's uh 20 bucks on steam so uh not not even a you know a huge price point uh what else is on your playlist okay so the final game that doesn't overlap with either of you is dome keeper um i don't know jeff if you've been seeing any of this game it seems like it might be your type of game no i have not let me check it out okay so the kind of general conceit of it is you're a, you're a little person in a dome and the dome is above ground and it has like a little computer and it has a little grinder. Uh, and then there's a hole that leads into the ground. So then you're, you're basically digging down into the ground, kind of like not unlike Terraria it's uh-huh. pixel art style. And you're looking for these kind of gold cubes as your main resource. So you're just, you're punching through the ground and then eventually you'll find pockets with these gold cubes. You attach them to your character with like a, you know, a tether and you carry them back up and then they get grinded by the machine in the dome. And uh, every time you have a certain amount of these cubes, you can buy upgrades. You can move faster. You can carry more cubes. You can get bombs. You can get um, different kind of things to facilitate movement or, or, any anything of one of those games, you know, it's a very familiar setup. But what's interesting is that at the same time as you're working, there's a timer for enemies. And then when the timer runs out, these like black goopy enemies on the surface will come towards your dome. And so you have like a basically 180 movement of this laser basically from 180 degree. Move. So like, yeah, 180 degrees. The, yeah. The, the edge of the dome, right? Yes. Yeah. And then you can shoot a laser that will attack the enemies. So you're you're basically working to upgrade your dome while simultaneously protecting your dome. You're the dome keeper. Um, and it, it's just that loop of, OK, I go back into the ground. I'm getting resources. There are other types of resources beyond the gold cubes. And those can be used to do things like uh, heal the dome or, or unlock other um uh, upgrades there's some other unique resources that you might find that you can unlock gadgets mm. um, and these gadgets will 
also facilitate various things. Like for example, a gadget might add a secondary laser to the dome that stuns enemies. So, you know, if you get a little overwhelmed by the enemies, cause they're basically just, they start from the edge of the screen and they come towards the dome. So you're sort of picking, okay, well moving around the laser, which enemies do I want to attack first? Right. You know, you're kind of managing. It's the like horde, a real so to simplistic speak. tower defense on the surface. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in the as you dig down, it's more of like a like a platformer kind of situation. Yes, it's yeah. uh, very similar to Terraria. Yeah, you know, you're the the kind of the way that you're digging is very similar to Terraria. You know, you're digging down and then going off to the right or left or, you know, the further down you go, the higher the risk is for coming right. back in time, but you can also find and the dome is basically make, giving you a time limit for how how much you can do. Yes, yeah. So you're yeah. digging this yeah, game. A, I like it. I think it's really cool. I think it's probably going to become you know one of those indie gems. The more people uh, hear about it or see it, I think it it just has a really kind of satisfying loop. There there is like a goal there. You're supposed to find a relic and bring it back up to your dome to to kind of finish that area. So it isn't like you're just digging and you're like, well, to what end? You know, right. there's, a, there's a goal. There's a goal in mind, and I think even even if you're just not finding that relic or or whatever, you're just kind of doing the upgrades. I think that that's really satisfying, and there's a good amount of uh, upgrades available that the choices are difficult. You come back with like four cubes, and you're like, well, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. You know, there's so many upgrades to the dome that that's I think cool. are beneficial. Um, but then, yeah, the further you go, and the and the longer you go, the more challenging enemies come out. So. There's that element as well of balancing. Well, I want to be able to protect the dome, but I also want these upgrades. Um, but yeah, it's called Dome Keeper. It's on I sale think- right now. It's like sixteen bucks yeah. on Steam right now until October fourth. Uh, but it cer- yeah, it certainly seems up. like in in that um, in that realm of I think I think you would enjoy it, and I think people that um, you know like those sort of. Uh, not not necessarily it is i guess in some ways it is a roguelike but like that um duality of yeah. maybe cult of the lamb but not as yeah. involved but like that idea of i'm doing a thing and i'm doing another thing and those right. are sort of working in in concert with yeah, each it, other it definitely feels like the indie game du jour uh feature yes. du jour is like mashups of two disparate game styles and making them work together and i'm loving that trend yes. because so many of these games are doing it so cleverly, and I think this is a this is definitely one I'm I might be picking up for sixteen bucks. I mean, why not? Uh, yeah, it's Dome it's Keeper. really fun. It's really fun, and I think um, you know if you're if you're like I don't get it, um, just watch a stream or watch a video yeah. of it. You'll get it in in five minutes. No yeah, less. definitely. You seems know, you'll, clear. you'll get you'll get the setup and decide whether it's for you. I think there'll be plenty of people will that will say it's not for me. But that's okay. I think it would it's probably a great Steam Deck game as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, so you and Christian have both been playing the uh, actual out of beta 1.0 release of Grounded. Is Christian, there- uh, what what do you? I didn't know that you were into this game because it's been in early access for a long, long time. Yeah, and I feel like we talked about it a long, long time ago. I think yeah. maybe you talked about it more than than I did at the time. I mean, it is a, especially as it's early access, a survival game, but very much set in this "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" you know style backyard universe that is mm-hmm. cool and super compelling. 
And it's made by Obsidian, who has a track record for amazing games, mostly RPGs. And this kind of felt like a, you know, out of left field release for them. Now they've done a couple or announced a couple of others that are like, oh, this isn't just the typical type of game you make, but how exciting. Yeah. And so it's early release version didn't win me over. It wasn't for me. Um, It was a little too hardcore of a survival sim style game uh, to really pull me in. But this 1.0 release that really brought the story forward and kind of gave you a narrative arc to conclude should you desire to um, really intrigued me because I loved the world. I love that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids um, idea. And I think Obsidian's graphics here are incredible. You know, it's, it's, it's cartoony, but you never question what something is, right? Like you go into the Tic Tac bin or you find the sandwich or the cookie or whatever it is, right? Or the spiders, which there are many accessibility options for, uh, for folks with arachnophobia, which among the other accessibility uh, options are much appreciated in this game. And so I was very hopeful that 1.0 would pull me back into the world because I want to play in this playground. Um, it, for me, it is still too much of a survival game. <laughs> like the narrative stuff that's there is clearly obsidian uh, stuff, which is very exciting and compelling. But the rest of it um, uh, just didn't. Um, it, there's too much of the other stuff. And <laughs> okay. Well, you so you not, gave it a shot. You're like, hey, it's it's out of it's out of beta. I can give this a shot. I can really see if this uh, game is for me. And it's still not for you. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not made for me. That's yeah. the thing. It is still that survival game. I think right. for folks who like that survival game, the story element it will make it even more compelling because you can still get lost and do all the other stuff. It's not like there's a beacon that's like, ah, go back to the play area. You're on right. this mission now. But it does give it, at least uh, for gamers like me, it gives you some external motivation for what your character is doing or should be doing. Right. There just wasn't enough of that to to keep me pulled forward. The other survival mechanics were still constantly pulling me away. But Jeff, I do think, you know, Subnautica really pulled you in. And that also is a pretty, it's a survival game. It's not the most hardcore, but it is a survival game. Oh, for sure it is. Yeah. And I think this aspect of grounded now, like again, the narrative stuff that's there that I've experienced is really good. You know, it's really thoughtful and there's like compelling uh, mild spoilers. There's like compelling uh, competing factions and like this whole world that got built out that is above and beyond what this game needed. And I think had it not been an early access for so long um, and maybe had a bigger release, I don't know. I feel like this game could be even bigger. I'm surprised that it's not because it seems like it does all the things it does really, really well. Uh, Anthony, you've been playing it as well, right? In, in 1.0, really? Yeah, I, I, I feel similar to Christian in the sense of um, I, I'm not a big fan of early access games where the goal, I guess, of experiencing it is just interacting with that kind of basic loop of uh, in grounded. You're just collecting resources, you're building things. You know, you can build out a base and and. You can get better weapons depending on the resources. You know, you can take the grass or the stone or what what have you and make a weapon. And then you can actually fight off some of the, the creatures out there like the ants or the or the spiders eventually. And, um, you know, you're getting resources from them to to build better things. But when they're in the early access, they usually rely pretty heavily on just that loop to engage you. And it's I, I always am thinking, well, to what end? What am I doing? 
you know? Yeah. And so I want the final release to kind of give me that narrative thrust, like a Subnautica gives you of, okay, well, I have goals. And so now the 1.0 release has that goals. The early access release over time and, and at the beginning had some goals and then it kind of said, okay, well, we will add more, but this, this is what we have. And then they added more and more goals. And so now there's a kind of an end game in, in the, 1.0 release of Grounded, so there are things to work towards. And I think the game is super fun. I think if you like Subnautica or any games in, in that genre of base building or just resource collecting, but also having a goal of, you know, there are non-organic things that you're trying to really get to kind of uncover what's going on with the story. Um, I, I think it's a perfect game for that. I I do think that, yeah, the release and the messaging and all that stuff like you know in some ways this is an xbox release this year but nobody's going to consider it right. an xbox release right and it's um, good it's yeah. well made like it's but now it, yeah, very it's, polished it's super fun and i i think um if you if you don't have arachnophobia <laughs> the spiders are terrifying <laughs> you know like they yeah. they make it you know honey i shrunk the kids was kind of like okay it made this ant look terrifying and this look terrifying this game makes spiders <laughs> absolutely terrifying um and it, it really does like give that honey i shrunk the kids this is this is just so cool looking but also i am terrified like if this really happened i would <laughs> i would never survive yeah. um yeah. It's, it's very very cool it is available on game pass if you just want to kind of check it out but yeah. I think if you, you know, if you see Subnautica or any of those games where like the first thing you need to do is cut down three pieces of grass and put them together, you know, like that type of game. Yeah. If that's not for you, then this game will not be for you. But if you enjoy those games and you just want a kind of a narrative wrapper around it to push you forward, now it has that. That's grounded Completely version 1.0. Uh speaking of uh, Subnautica, uh, I I've, I've been playing the new game from the developers of Subnautica. Uh, called Moonbreaker, which is that minis, uh, you can paint minis and battle minis. I I'll talk more about that next week because I just started playing it. And really the question is going to be, what is the monetization like in that game? Because mm. I really feel like it could get get uh, real worrisome <laughs> that way. But my first impressions of, the of Moonbreaker are really good. I love, I mean, it's really a, a traditional tabletop, miniatures game like uh warhammer 40k or or those old miniature games where there's no grid it's really just moving miniatures how you can uh but it's and it's gorgeous 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 game uh so i'm i'm digging moonbreaker so far i'll talk more about it next week the game i really want to talk about is a game called four tales f-o-r-e-t-a-l-e-s four tales and this is from developer alchemy has only done one game that i know of beforehand uh which was uh, a, a pretty cool uh, like mashup of a, a shmup and uh, uh, RPG. But Four Tales is like is like nothing else I've really played, other than maybe some actual tabletop card games like um, Time Stories or Seventh Continent. Um, Four Tales is a card based video game about telling a narrative. All right, so this is not like Magic the Gathering or Hearthstone. It's it's not a card battler, although there is combat you can get into in the game, and there are rules for combat, but it's primarily about telling a story, living through a story, making choices in a narrative. 
and you play a, a bunch of anthropomorphized animals. Um, and uh, early on in the game, you find this this lyre, you know, the L-Y-R-E, the, the uh, harp, you know, a lyre. Um, and uh, it is magical, and it conveys to one of the characters uh, these different potential futures. So you have all these options of how you can try to uh, do certain quests to make a future not happen or, you know, these, all these terrible things that he sees in the future, like, oh my gosh, this, this calamity is going to happen. And you have all these options to try to stop it or try to reshape the future. And the mechanics of playing the game, I, I absolutely love this game. I love this game. I, it's incredible. The, the mechanics of playing the game is that you have, it's all cards. Okay. So you have, um, Characters that you are part of your party, they have skills that are represented by cards. You have those in your hand. You also have items and resources that you can collect, food, money, and reputation. Reputation in the form of like uh, of, of fame and reputation in the form of infamy. So like, you know, you're scary. You've, you've done some nasty stuff. Um, and, you, and you can use those resources uh, they, you accumulate them and you can spend them on things. So basically what happens is there's a deck of cards of locations and various locations are available to you at all times on the board. And by using certain of your cards, cards for the resources like your food or your reputation or cards of your skills, you can affect certain outcomes on those locations. And oftentimes they'll be bad guys, enemies that are blocking those locations. So you can't go there yet until you deal with the enemies. But the way you can deal with the enemies is so interesting. There's so many different ways you can deal with them. You can bribe them. You can uh, give, you know, give them certain things of your resources. You can use your skills. And your skills sometimes are, are violent, but most often are not violent, are more interesting than violent. They're like, you can pickpocket them or you can uh, distract them. I have a particular them. set of skills. Yes. Actually, can... several skills, so many <laughs> skills. Um, I could kill your family or I might pickpocket you. Right. Let or me you list can... you all of my skills. Can... <laughs> you, can, you can sweet talk them. You can do all these different sort of nonviolent ways to try to remove the bad guys from the fight. And if you do enough of them, the rest of them will flee. You can like, you know, whittle down their, their will to hang out um and ultimately what happens is is you're kind of coming at these different situations very creatively you're trying to maximize getting resources it's kind of like it's got this push your luck element of you only have a finite amount of these cards to spend in any given location you can rest to recharge some of those cards but if you rest too many times game over uh, and so you're it's got this push your luck thing of like well, I want to get more resources. I want to try to finagle things, but I'm not really sure how much. And doing certain things adds more bad guys to the potential pool of bad guys that can come and block your locations. And, and all of it is wrapped in this narrative that's told with great voice acting and unpredictable things will happen. And, and certain, it, it's just so cleverly orchestrated. And you always know, you always have tons of different cool options you're always able to like look into the deck and see what's coming and try to plan your your approach the art which i should have said way earlier than now the art is stunning gorgeous gorgeous art all 2d you know hand-drawn art um because they're cards right it's all card based 
but it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I I want this to be like Time Stories, uh, the tabletop game, where they keep putting out modules and they just use the same system but add new stories to it. Because uh, I don't know how long the game is. I'm you know I've played a bunch of it, but uh, I'm worried that I'm going to play all of this game and then the it's sort of this narrative. And once the narrative is expended, then that's the, that's the game, right? And I want them to make more of this game. I want this game to be a huge success. It's called Four Tales, F-O-R-E-T-A-L-E-S. People should check it out. I'm playing it on Steam. It's great on Steam Deck. It's brilliant. It's so much fun. It's so interesting. It's such a different take on the card system. Um, and it, you know, it communicates all of its systems so elegantly. Everything is laid out beautifully. It just all works. So cool. All right. That's what I've been playing. And that is our show. Uh, we got we to gotta get out of here a little early because I'm running off to the doctor. But, Anthony Taormina, it's always awesome to chat with you. Thank you for being here, sir. Oh, by the way, we do have parting gifts coming up, so stay around for those. But, uh, Anthony, thanks for being here, as always. Yes, uh, no problem. I, I know by the time people listen to this, it'll probably be, you know, over, but I wish you best of luck on your procedure. And, Thank you. You know, you're in our thoughts. I appreciate that very, very much. Tell folks where they can follow you and the things that you do online. Uh, so I'm editor-in-chief of GameRant.com. So if you just want to kind of support me uh, or, or support the things I do, you can read GameRant.com for some of your video game news. I do uh, write things here or there, write about Destiny a lot. I do some reviews. Um, so that's my uh, games related stuff. And then if you just want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Ant Tormina, A-N-T-A-O-R-M-I-N-A. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? I write a newsletter about once a month. So it's not necessarily this week, but it's about, it's October now, probably when you're listening. Uh, and you can subscribe to that at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. You can find some archives of old ones there. I write long form conversational style pieces about video games. Um, October's probably closer to the end of the month, maybe around the 20th. I have an idea for what I'm working on, but I've yet to flesh out the outline uh, hopefully soon, but you can do that. And then for my occasional you know, tweets. I'm at Spicer. If you want to go hang out and see if I've tweeted anything, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find my tweets at at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two ends and one T. Uh, and you can always email us here is uh, DLC feedback at gmail.com. Um, I do other shows, including the film cast. Um, you can hear me talk about movies and TV shows there. Uh, the, a sports show called the fan controlled show. Actually the name changes every week because it is fan controlled. Uh, but you can find that at twitch.tv slash fan controlled sports. And I do, we have concerns, which is a comedy science show. You can find that at we have concerns.com. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Anthony, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do. Um, so uh, my kid during the pandemic discovered this show on Netflix. It's called Emily's Wonder Lab. Hmm. I don't know if either of you have seen it. No. Uh, it her name is Emily Calandrelli. She uh, was a M. She went to MIT. She worked for NASA. Very, very, very smart. Uh, 
person worked with uh, Bill Nye, but she created a show called Emily's Wonder Lab that is a science-focused show, not unlike Bill Nye the Science Guy. She shows you different cool experiments. Uh, That show came out in 2020. My kid loved it. Uh, So if you're listening and your kid loved it, Emily has a book that just came out this week. It's called Stay Curious and Keep Exploring, which was like the kind of tagline of Emily's Wonder Lab. has 50 experiments in it. Uh, I he he loved the show so much he watched it on repeat i reached out to her and said hey could i get an early copy of the book she was nice enough to send it wow Uh, i did do a kind of write-up and a review on game ran if you want to read about it but the book itself yeah it's 50 experiments she's very very good about uh both explaining how the experiment will work and and making sure that it's doable in the home the necessary materials aren't super complicated but also she doesn't talk down to the kids you know the book explains the science and what's happening and it's a it's a really really great approach to that and my kid has discovered uh, a love of science because of her so i just wanted to give her a shout out with the book that's rad we we just did some um experiments my wife did some experiments quote unquote experiments with the kids uh so this is like perfect time to check out the show with them i think they're gonna love it that's really, yeah, really it's great. A great. It's a great show. And then, yeah, if, if, you know, they're like, I want more. The show, unfortunately, didn't last beyond, <clears throat> excuse me, the one season. But the book kind of carries on that spirit. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Christian Spicer, what do you got for a parting gift? Two quickies. One, Bayonetta 1 is out now physically on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Bayonetta 1's a game that existed on Xbox 360, PS3, and then went a bunch of other places. But the physical Switch edition is out now for folks looking for that uh, here before 3 comes out on Switch later in October. The other one is, uh, it is it's, it's October. Halloween costumes, do them. Have fun. Go stupid. Go silly. Go deep cut. My kids no longer want to do family costumes, so my wife and I, are doing a little deeper cut uh, couples costume that I'm super excited about. And I will share uh, online and in the discord when, when it is time for us to get those together, learn to sew. If you want to make your own costume, yes, there are pretty good off the rack costumes you can buy and put together, but sewing is awesome. It's relaxing. It's fun. Uh, you can get a good sewing machine for not a lot of money, all things considered, and you can make something incredible yourself. Now's the time. Put the pedal to the metal of your sewing machine and get started on your Halloween costume. Got to tell you, the Spicer family historically has knocked it out of the park with the Halloween costumes. Uh, you guys have set a high bar. so Dude, you know? when my kids now are done with it, and they're like, ugh, I don't want to, And then I was like, wait a minute. At first I was sad, and I was like, wait a minute. This gives Amanda and I the opportunity to do something very fun that <laughs> wouldn't quite fit for four people. Jeff, I think you are going to love them. I can't wait to find out what it is. I can't wait to see you guys paint yourselves blue and be naughty. um my parting gift is a movie that is on netflix you wouldn't know it because netflix isn't telling anybody uh i don't know why they drop incredible things on their on their service without notifying anyone about it uh but it is a movie called athena athena uh this is a french language film French or French? It's uh, French. It's French. Uh, Pardon me. Pardon uh, my French. <laughs> um, <laughs> French, I think it was actually French. Oh, it was French. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Dang it. Th- this is an incredible movie. I would urge you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to put it on and just watch the first shot. Watch the first shot of Athena. 
watch it until the title card where it says Athena. And if you're not hooked, I don't know what to tell you. It, it is uh, extraordinary. This is, and I don't know how they made this movie. It is extraordinary. And and once you watch that first shot, rest assured, the entire rest of the movie is like that. Uh, it's 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 pretty dark. It's it's very adult. Uh, so don't you know? Don't turn it on with your kids. But check out the first shot of Athena and thank me later. Okay, it's on Netflix. All right, we got a listener suggested parting gift as well. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes from Ollie. And Ollie writes, uh, my parting gift comes hot on the heels of yours last week, Jeff, and continues heavily in the vein of the established synthwave slash pop punk musical mores of the podcast. Or mores? Probably mores. Uh, I've been feeling, well, not great for many months for a multitude of reasons. And my parting gift is an album that, to me at least, is nothing but feel-good joy throughout. It's by a two-piece outfit from Petersboro in the UK called LeBrock who I discovered through Spotify's feature, where it will continue to play you similar music after I finished listening to The Midnight's Heroes when it was first released. Their full-length album, that's LeBrock, that is, is from last year. It's called Fuse, and it's a combination of melodic rock riffs on chunky synth tones, and it has been my own personal antidote to some decidedly blue patches lately. They also have two previous EPs in their discography, which I will recommend also. To preempt you, Jeff, again, that's Fuse by LeBrock. Grateful to have this podcast as well as your other outputs, which I derive a lot of joy from. Thank you for helping me make the world a better place for years now. And greetings from the UK. Thank you, Ollie. Thanks for listening. Hope that your uh, your blue patches are brief and uh, that, uh, you know, music and other things can help you in, the, in those times. Uh, this sounds awesome. I've heard of LeBrock. But I don't think I've heard uh, Fuse. So I'm going to give that a give that a listen. Sounds like it will be right up our alley. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you do it. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Christian Spicer and Anthony Taormina for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for the awesome bumpers, including the Taormina bumper. And thank you to our theme song composers, White Cube, which is T. Ryan Arnold and Jason Sherry. Thanks to our patrons for making the show possible. Thanks to each and every one of you for downloading the show and listening. We do thank our top tier uh, patrons, our hype train patrons, by name at the end of episode. So we're going to do that right now. It is time for my favorite part of the show, where I get to thank our hype train patrons thank you all so much jason novak octavian ratziu christian bravery jad peter olberg michael buck mike lombardo the spice man silencer which is still being silent but i'm gonna i will find a moment it's like into october the spice man will come to play i don't know maybe maybe not albert Dios. Jonathan, Spiceman Forever, Schlepplefer, Stu Goss, Kevin Brazel, Ben, Dan Palmino, Malcolm King, Mark Gowland, Jason Putney, Will with 1L Harris. No thanks to you, buddy. Not this week. You join us on the show and have great input. No, I, why, I, I, 
Chris Zacharias, Jonathan Talbert, Scooby Diesel, Adam Denby, Tassan, Dan Flanagan, Anthony Goulas, Andy Joyce, Matt Valdez, John Sisko, David Epp, Hyperboy66, Sheru Ken, Comedian Aaron Trahan, Curtis from Louisville, Relentless Rex, Michael S., Kyle Starr, Riley Knox, Rob Rixman, Hank Patton, Cheesy Bob, Victor Venezuela, Matt Bradley, Jeff Luxack, Mitchell Ness, Jimmy Radcliffe, Scott Hughes, Jenny, Nate, Zachary White, Yick, Soren Silk, Travis, Jackson, Michael Stadler, Nick Strauss-Klein, Josh Peak, Taylor Wigert. Thank you all so much. Sincerely, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.